What is up, podcast listeners? Thank you for giving me a few moments of your day to listen to this podcast. This is the Matt Baxter Show. I'm your host, Matt Baxter, and this podcast is about purpose, passion, and calling. Super stoked to have you as a listener because we're going to dive into some awesome, intense stories about people who are going through this journey of this thing called life, and we're all just figuring this out together. But seriously, you're giving me a little bit of your time, and I want to make sure it's valuable and worthwhile. So have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was getting this podcast off the ground, we first started as the Wedgecast, evolved into the Matt Baxter Show. There was a lot of questions that we had, like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show in all the different places like Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, Zencaster, all these different places. And yet it just seemed very, very complicated. But the simple thing for us as we began to navigate the waters is the answer to every single one of these questions, questions excuse me, was really simple. It's Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. Yeah, free. And it's ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise in your podcast. That means you can get paid podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, making money. Okay, it's sweet. It's easy. It's not a big cheap plug on an ad, but it's just simple and easy to use. So for us, it's one of the best parts about it is we can do it entirely remote or in studio. So you can record, you've got that really, really high, you know, high in the sky person that you're going to have as a guest on your podcast. You got to do it remote. Anchor is easy to use. You got people who are willing to come to your studio, your house, your office, wherever you're recording it. Boom. Anchor. Love it. Simple, easy, simple and easy to use. So if you ever want to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. Join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to hear your podcast. On this episode of the Wedgecast, I'm hanging out with Aaron Opalski. He is the CEO and founder of Spark Talent Acquisition in Detroit. We're just kicking it, chalking it up about what it's like being business owners in the talent acquisition space. He's an awesome guy, just very practical, down to earth. Just had a really, really fun conversation with him. Thanks for being a guest on the show, Aaron. Well, Aaron, thank you for being a guest on the Wedgecast. Absolutely. Happy to be here, Matt. It's been fun to track sort of similar progress. Obviously, we're both in the talent acquisition space, but you guys seem like you're just absolutely blowing up and growing like gangbusters. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a journey. We definitely are growing quite a bit um, and, and learning a lot along the way. I think that that's part of the growth. So. So obviously we'll dive into business and both being in the town acquisition space in a little bit, but I would love just to hear the background, your story, and you know, kind of what led up to where you're at today. Sure. Well, uh, you know, I've been in the uh, staffing and recruiting industry for 12 years now, or coming up on 12 years in October. Uh, knew absolutely nothing about it getting in. I was doing personal training and going to school for accounting at the time. And, um, you know, I was doing pretty well with personal training, but knew I didn't want to do it forever and was training somebody who was in staffing and recruiting. They ran a branch out of uh, Southfield, Michigan for the largestly held private staffing company in the world and uh, offered me a chance to interview. Didn't know much about it, but had kind of de- developed a relationship with that person and uh, ended up getting the job went into that, took a pay cut initially from what I was making in training, 
Um, but saw some good opportunities within it. Kind of really liked it right from the get-go because you're dealing with people. And um, did really well there. Uh, was there for about 18 months. And then uh, 2009 hit. And they consolidated five offices, laid off about 100 people in a day. I stayed with the company, but only for like two more months. All of the people that were like mentors to me um, were all either demoted or fired. And uh, it was, at the moment, seemed like a really rough time. It ended up being one of the best things that ever happened for me. but at the time, it was, it was really tough. So what was like? Uh, just I mean, I uh, you can go as in depth as you would like to, or as little to. But interesting to think about staffing recruiting firm ends up having to lay off a lot of people. I mean, was that just like I'm sure at any point in time, what like walking on eggshells? But was just culturally that really difficult to deal with? I mean, was that was that personally kind of day to day affecting you during that time? Uh, on an individual basis, you know, because everything's uh, metrics driven, numbers driven, and on an individual basis, my numbers and commission, I didn't really know what I didn't know, right? I didn't, I kind of came in as the economy was not doing so hot, but being a 22-year-old kid, I didn't even really understand that. Um, and so my commissions were pretty good, but I had heard a lot of stuff about, oh, it used to be better, it used to be better. And um, it was interesting to watch that happen and see a lot of people that were well-respected there kind of get cut. Um, I mean, it definitely had an impact on that company's culture in the short term. But, um, you know, I have a different perspective on it now. They uh, made some big changes in January of 2009 and then made those cuts in February of 2009. And I definitely uh, feel for the guy that had to make those cuts because he had about a month to figure out out of five offices who was staying, who was going and had to let a hundred people go. And uh, at the time I had a different perspective, but now I'm just like, man, that was a really tough spot for that guy to be in. And ultimately probably just went with who he knew, <laughs> you know, Yeah, totally. what, what else could <laughs> really do in that amount of time. So I hate uh, to say it this way. There's not enough coffee or alcohol in the world to get you through that in a healthy way. I mean, what a tough thing to, I mean, talk about just being being up late at night, feeling you know how to how to lay off a hundred people that quickly. I mean, that's just got to be a tough tough thing. So I, yeah, that's a tough ordeal. Yeah, they were they're just in a situation where the the big auto companies I don't think were were paying well and uh, definitely squeezed them. And uh, I don't know, you know, when you're doing things on that scale, um, I can imagine that that can have an impact when some of your biggest companies aren't aren't paying you for a period of time. So. It's definitely worked out for them in the long run, but um, that, that that was a, an interesting time for sure. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, keep going. Love to keep yeah keep hearing the story. Yeah, so um, so I, I left that company in April of 2009, and then started an industrial staffing company with another guy that that I met there who had left in February. He was he was laid off. Um, so we started an industrial staffing company up in Mid Michigan. And we started in mid-Michigan to basically get out of our, you know, we had a non-compete for a period of time. So I uh, wanted to respect that and ended up doing business up in like the Saginaw and Thumb area of Michigan, which there's not a ton going on there. We're in some like real like rural areas that we're doing staffing for, but we made it work. And, um, you know, our business took off. Um, 
by the time our non-compete was up, we were able to go back and, and go back to some of our contacts, and that's when we really started to expand at the uh, beginning of 2011. So, did you say it was in run. it was in industrial industrial staffing? Correct. It was all How did you pick staffing. that? Um, it's just kind of what we fell into. You know, 2009. It, you know, it was tough work for a company, but when you went out and tried to do it for yourself. We got a rude awakening. Uh, I, I probably made over the first seven months we were in business. Probably made a couple thousand phone calls to get to one yes. <laughs> um, but we were able to land two pretty good clients uh, up in the in the Thumb area, of Michigan. That kind of really set the tone for our business, and they happened to be in industrial staffing, and we just carved out a niche within that. So that's really what got us going. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's always interesting. Just un- studying some or you know, some different people and companies, how they got into one particular space or another. And I'm always just curious how, how they landed on one field, if it was on personal interest, if, if it was on need or whatever that is. So yeah, that's just, just straight curiosity. So appreciate that. Yeah. We were just, we, it was just, uh, uh, a huge amount of prospecting calls and, uh, walk-ins at the time, not, not a ton of, internet generated leads or anything like that going on at, at, at that time, at least for us. And um, that's just kind of what we fell into as a niche and things took off from there. And, you know, that was a great experience. You know, we were partners for four and a half years. Um, you know, we, we did well, we grew the business. We started to make, you know, quite a bit more money than we'd ever made before. And uh, it, it was positive. We created some jobs, uh, as we started to scale the company, though, you know, having two fifty-fifty owners that want to see the business go in different directions doesn't doesn't usually end well. We didn't set up real well at the beginning on delegation of duties or anything like that. We just kind of went and did, and I think in some ways that was good. That's one of was one of our strengths, but long term wasn't good for a business partnership to not have the, some of that stuff sorted out. So. Uh, it's a good experience, but in uh, November of 2013, I decided to step away from that business and start Spark Talent uh, to really go after industrial staffing, but also professional, technical, and IT staffing, uh, not just in Michigan, but across the nation. And, um, you know, so we started with five people in 2013, and uh, we're hanging out right around 50 right now with seven offices across the country. Yeah, you guys are just growing like crazy. Um, so how how did the uh, how do you think the transition with a partnership helped you become a better leader? Um, I think I learned a lot from that. Um, I mean, I'm learning every day. I still don't, you know, there's things that I know I've got better at, but you know, every day there, there's something new to learn. Or, you know, situations that oh, I, I maybe should have done that differently, right? You're always learning. You never have it all figured out. But I was able to take some things, I think, from that partnership that I wanted to do more of that maybe my partner and I just couldn't couldn't agree on. You know, one of the things was promoting people. I wanted to promote people a lot faster. And uh, I think in some ways we balanced each other out well with that because it's one of the things that we struggled with in our first our first major expansion, we promoted some of the wrong people at Spark. Uh, it wasn't with bad intentions, but um, 
it's just something we had to learn on. But I, I think taking some of the things on trusting people to do more and really wanting to push people beyond maybe what they're comfortable with and, and reach for their capabilities, that's something that when we started Spark, that was a that was a big part of starting it, wanting to start it, start it in the vision for, for the company. That's phenomenal. Yeah, that's great. Um, so I, I've got another question. This is more related to um, uh, your experience as an entrepreneur. Is there is there anything that you look back on and you're kind of like, holy shit, to think back that we got through it, we, we did that, we got through that, we tried that, and it almost scares you now? Is there anything that you look back and you think, how did that ever happen? You know, the first one that comes to mind is, is right when we started out uh, Spark. You know, we were supposed to be transitioning over some clientele um, from the old company. And, and we did. And when you're doing that, you're calcul calculating out where you're going to be and everything. But because we were starting a new company, we had to approach the clients and talk with them about it. And no one likes change. <laughs> you know, I, everyone would rather just kind of go with the flow, uh, even when something's good for them or, you know, whatever the case may be. So we're at a little bit of an uphill battle initially because we needed people to change over. Um, and so with our two biggest clients, um, our, our first one, initially we thought we were going to bring everyone over and they talked to us and they decided they were only going to bring over half of those people. Um, and then our second client, uh, we're looking to transition over about 75 people. We did that, but then they laid about 90% or it was almost everyone off within two weeks of us opening. So within our first month, we had lost at our two biggest clients, we had lost about 75% of the revenue that we thought we were going to have. And, uh, it was, a, it was a tough first month. <laughs> Bit of a and, bit uh, of a tough start. <laughs> yeah, and, and like trying to like figure out what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, the the end of the day, by the time our first full quarter was done, we had lost about a quarter million dollars. And yeah, I never that's lost not what you're looking not what you're looking for to to get things going. <laughs> no, and uh, you know the only and it's different, but one of the only things that I had compar comparable to draw off of um, was in that first business, when we first started out, um, you know, we put some money into it initially. I didn't have a ton saved up. You know, I probably should have saved more money. You know, when I worked for that company for 18 months, I, pro you know, I was probably out spending money going to the bar with my buddies and stuff more than I should have been uh, compared to saving. Um, but we didn't pay ourselves for almost six, seven months. Uh, when we started that company and I was down to like my last $6 and 23 cents in my yeah. bank account. Like I remember to this day, right before we inked the deal and got it going and said, okay, we're now in a position where we can pay ourselves a salary. I was literally down to my last $6 and 23 cents in my bank account. So, um, so you understand yeah. what stress is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't – now, I, at the time, yeah, so that was stressful. And then, you know, when we started Spark, coming out of that first quarter and having four and a half years where, hey, we kind of moved past that and we're making money. And I can call it, like, 
comfortable. You know, we were working hard, but it was it was it was comfortable, right? Um, to going back back to starting over and then shoot, all of a sudden you just lost a quarter million dollars in three months. Like, holy crap! Um, but fortunately, you know, we're very focused on you know the fund the fundamentals of what we do work. We know how to do it well, and it really just came down to okay. That that's the reality of where we were at. Those are things that happened, but they didn't, you know, they didn't happen to us. They happened for us in a way that, like, all right, let's go figure out how to get better, you know. And we just, you know, it was important for me at that time because we had a team of five to project confidence and not in like a like a irresponsible way where I'm being like like naive to what's actually going on. But it was important for me to show up with a good attitude every day to work hard to kind of lead by example and confidently work through that time and that's what we did and uh, we ended up over the next three quarters taking our payroll uh, up like tremendously where I think the exact number was like 862 percent where we grew our payroll over the next for you guys that's amazing Uh, yeah so that was uh that was 2014, and uh, it ended up being a really good year. Uh, ended up being um, the best year that I'd ever done from a revenue standpoint and financially the best year I'd ever done, but it came with some adversity up front, right? So For sure. There's, uh, that was a big one. The other big one, uh, adversity, was 2016. We actually – was our first down year. 2014 was a huge year for us. We doubled in size again in 2015. And then in 2016, we started to really try and scale. We opened up an additional office. Uh, We hired a ton of people and um, hired some of the wrong people, not that they were bad people, just not necessarily right for our culture or our type of business maybe. And um, it really it really reared its ugly head in 2016 and we had a bad year. We actually went backwards in revenue. It's the first time that I'd ever experienced that as an entrepreneur and it was frustrating. Um, but ultimately another great thing because I learned a lot, learned how to be more humble and um, it, really without going through that and that reflection of what you know we need to do differently, I don't think we would have hit our next levels of growth that we've been able to achieve over the last couple of years. What do you think is your favorite part about the work that you do? Um, I truly believe that it is what we do is very, you get out what, what you put in, right? And, and you get an opportunity every day to impact people's lives in a positive way. Uh, we're big on preaching like win-win scenarios. Like if we can create a win-win scenario for someone we're putting to work for our client, that's going to be a good scenario for us. So I like that we're in conversations all day, every day, talking to people about putting them in, in a situation to put them in a better life, you know, you know, push them to the next level of their career whether that be internally or with our clients. Um, I think that's just something that has really like kind of gravitated me initially to the industry and made me really like it. 
because um, it's something I was looking for even as a as a kid and a teenager, and I didn't really know what it was, but felt like I found it within this industry. It's amazing. So, I guess um, I sort of got a gist of throughout the course of the story. Some definitely some some low seasons, some entrepreneurship moments, and and just learning learning by being thrown in the thick of it and the chaos. What would you say? Um, I mean, also kind of seen some of the high moments. Do you have one or two particular moments that you really feel like, you know, you peaked as an entrepreneur or at least you were, you were sort of proud of that, um, you know, how you acted or how you led or whatever that looks like? Uh, I mean, each of the last, last two years has been, uh, you know, 2017 and 2018 were both uh, really good years for us from a, a growth standpoint. And, you know, I'm very growth motivated, um, both, you know, personally, professionally, and r really with others. I think that, you know, people that join our team, that, that if that's a main need of theirs to be able to grow, um, we provide that. Um, you know, there's more to it than that, but, the, but those are people that I really link up with well and that we try and bring onto our team internally because that's, you know, if someone really wants – you know, if they want, we give it a lot of PTO. I'm not saying we don't, but like if they want to work from home 365 days a year and, you know, not have any metrics and really no accountability and just kind of do whatever they want, then it's probably not the right environment. Like we don't provide the right environment for them. Um, but if someone's focused on wanting to improve, become better and grow within their career, um, I think it's a really great place to work and that's yeah. what we try and focus on. So that's special. Um, sorry. I don't know if I answered your question or not. No, but, you did. Um, no, no, it's special. It's, it's, it's cool to see that, you know, obviously you're proud of the results that you've had, but you're also proud of the impact that your organization organization can have on people. I mean, that's special. Yeah. I, I think um, like to give you a tangible moment when we crossed over you know, a big thing for us, like our, our tagline is, uh, you know, our, our mission is, is to create opportunities. Um, so that, that's what we feel like we do internally and externally all day long. That's kind of what I alluded to earlier. But when we crossed um, in 2018, we, we crossed over the 2000 mark annually for opportunities created. That was a big moment for us just because it's something we had up on the wall that we wanted to surpass. And when we did that, uh, it was a big achievement. Yeah, that's nuts, actually. That's insane. <laughs> Good for you guys. Um, well, my, we my have to, way to go. But. Yeah, well, there's there's always work to be done. <laughs> um, my, my last and sort of favorite question of all time to ask is, you know, what is it ultimately out of all the work you do, both personally, professionally, the impact that you're having, what is it that you feel like gets you out of bed the morning the most? Um, to become a better version of myself, you, you know, and that, that, that's company wise, that's faith wise, personal, professional, it, it's everything, but kind of reaching that next level and help others do the same. That, that's really my main motivation and probably why some of my toughest moments, cause you know, we had talked a little bit before this about what, what have you ever felt like you've wanted to stay in bed, right? Well, they're one in the same. This is how like closely tied this is for me. The, that year, 2016, when we went backwards, 
um, there's some tough days within there where I didn't want to get out of bed because I don't know that I would call it depression. I don't like like to throw that word around, but it was just a real tough time uh, when we weren't achieving that growth for me. Um, but what I've learned is like those tough moments where you feel like maybe you don't want to get out of bed. If you'll if you'll use that as self-reflection and like, hey, where do I need to get better? Like ultimately like taking the accountability for like, hey, if this is something you want, like you need to figure out what isn't working and go fix it. Um, and so that's what I learned from that time. And um, that really is what gets me out of bed is just pushing for the next level and helping other pe- people push to the next level. That's amazing. That's great. Um, well, Aaron, thank you so much for being a guest on the Wedgecast. Is there anything else you want to leave the audience with? Um, yeah, I would just, I would highly recommend that, you know, at any time you're going through adversity that, that you evaluate it that way. You look at it like, hey, what can I do to do better? Why, you know, what did I do to cause this? Just kind of take extreme accountability around it. And, um, do some deep reflection around it. And I can pretty much guarantee you with full certainty that you'll be able to figure out what you need to do to get past that and to use that as, you know, fuel and kind of feedback as to how you can go get better. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me on.